Hello and welcome to the Uncut Gems uh, Reaction Podcast. Wow, I can't even, uh, I'm not even allowed to, to get through that. Um, all right. Um, you know, it, uh, why don't you introduce yourself, uh, William, for people that don't know you? No, it's just funny hearing this, hearing this back. It never occurred to me how funny this was, to hear a man yeah. consistently start sentences with, or 30-minute monologues with hello and welcome, so. Yeah, um, hello and welcome. We're here to recap uh, Howard Ratner's uh, 101 to 83 loss, um, and, and I guess also the loss of his life. Um, spoiler: um, if, if you haven't watched the movie, please don't listen to this podcast. Um, I'm assuming you're only going to be listening to it if, if you watched it anyway. So we're here to recap Uncut Gems. Um, did you did you rewatch it last night, or was it the first time you watched it? I'm not gonna lie to you. This is a stressful time right now with uh with COVID and everything. So I couldn't actually sit through the entire rewatching at once. <laughs> I got too stressed out, man. I really got too stressed out. It was like one thirty, I was like, I gotta wake up tomorrow, get groceries, it's gonna be a whole deal. So I got too stressed out. So I paused right before um right before the scene where uh Julie Fox is in the helicopter. And then I rewatched it just now. Oh okay. But but you've yeah. rewatched it. Uh, I have. I'm just making sure 'cause I'm uh I'm not only stealing your format and trying to extend my career by 15 years by riding your coattails. Um, I'm also um, just assigned you to do all the work for this podcast. Mm, yeah, I got you. I got you. I took so, notes, so, man. Don't worry. It's too yeah. So we got we got 10 things for Uncut Gems. Let's get right into it. Yeah, so number number one thing is chaotic, you know? This is a <laughs> pretty self-explanatory. This is one of the most chaotic movies I've ever seen. Like, it's just like, I'm just stressed. Like, I remember watching it in the theater. Uh, and like I was watching it with like three friends, and when like the, just throughout the movie, you just look, look like this eye, you, you, whatever, and it's just like it's just everyone's just stressed out, man. Okay, the whole time I just really want to slap Howard. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so here's here's my question for you about that first point. Um, we we all know uh, that you get really stressed at, at Raptors games, um, <laughs> and, and probably during the championship run last year. How how would this movie compare on on a chaotic level? Uh, which game would you uh, would you say is most comparable for the for the championship run? Man, this is probably how much. We time? talking game three in Philly? I was, yeah, I was gonna say game game four in Philly was yeah was game probably four, right? yeah. that sensation of like yo if we don't win you're dead like you're done like yeah. that's probably the level of stress and then maybe game five against Milwaukee, you know yeah that one was also so so, so you felt the same level watching this oh yeah it's probably the same level yeah this is why i love this movie i identify a lot with howard unfortunately you know yeah one of the first <laughs> I, think a, I think a lot of i think a lot of asians do to be honest <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna lie yo asian people and jewish people have always seen eye to eye i'm just gonna say that right here uh the gambling addiction is a very asian trait Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, uh, just some personal news. I've been organizing a a private weekly poker stars uh, no limit hold'em game for us. <laughs> Yo, three days, man. We can even do poker after that. Oh man, yeah, we might have to. Um, yeah, Scotty Gwen, come on the pod, man. Um, but chaotic, definitely. Like, I honestly don't know how the Safdie brothers, um, who made this movie, like, make these films. Like, like, how do you even shoot this with like so much happening in the background? in every scene like i actually don't get it yeah that was actually my point number two you know two two out of ten right now it's, it's close colon it's just like how many scenes are just like right in someone's face you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah, uh, I think the pacing and the, like the way they shot the movie was just like it really just added to it. like the whole everything about the movie's chaos. Like, um, like obviously Howard's story is super chaotic, and then like the camera moves all the time. There's always all these walking scenes. There's a lot of handheld as well, so like that's chaotic. And then like even the music in the background is just constantly this like weird little like elevator music that just like stresses you out for no reason. Like I'm just I hate the soundtrack, man. I really hate this movie. Yeah, no, that's uh, um, that that's becoming clear. Um, no, but I think I, I think with the movie too, like Howard's life is just ridiculous. Like like yeah. just like he takes he gets a championship ring from KG in, in exchange for for the Black Opal, and he like brings it immediately to pawn it off, and, and just to borrow some money. And then he like goes to Mike Francesca, his his bookie, and like starts <laughs> placing parlays. Like there's just like he, his life is just nonstop. Like, yeah. it's just one transaction after another. Like, it's, I got, it's actually ridiculous. I got to ask you, is this the same thing when you got the freelance check coming in and you, you go straight to StockX? <laughs> First of all, this is this is the ninth straight time you've referenced StockX when we talked. I'm so uh, happy I found out about this website. Yeah, no, it's uh, – yeah, it's it's a pretty pretty similar. Anyways, uh, what's your what's your number three? <clears throat> three is violent. Violent colon. It's just yeah. a violent ass movie, man. Like the first scene you see is like right in your face, right? Like you just see like um, like this argument taking place, and then you see, and it just like pans over to this like m- like minor who has like basically his bone is out, and about to amputate his leg, and like just like in the middle of like the mine. And it's just like it's it's crazy, and it's just like throughout the movie, there's just so many scenes of violence, right? There's like uh, like lots of punching, lots of slapping, and then like obviously yelling throughout, and then you know just you know, two murders at the end, like bro, it's a, it's a violent ass movie. Yeah, so that brings me to my uh, KFC bucket of the game. <laughs> wow, um, so early. Do you, yeah, do you have um do you have the ad read there with you or or shoot? Yeah. Yeah, just a top of mind. Uh, just a reminder that uh, Stephen LeBron Radio is brought to you by uh, KFC. You can order KFC online at KFC.ca and get it before the game. Yeah. Well, what's, yeah. what about that part where like uh, football has uh, this? <laughs> Yo, uh, can you can you read that part, please? Yeah. All right. Let me pull that up. Let me pull that up. Yeah. It's been a while Thank since you. I've opened the pod document. Not gonna lie to you. Do do it in the do it in in the podcast voice too, so it's so it's <laughs> authentic. Yeah. What's the what's the podcast voice, man? <laughs> it's not this voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's really soothing when the uh, Raptors win. Actually, it's soothing both ways. Yeah. Oh man, where's the long one? I can't find it now. Oh man, you can you can freestyle it, man. What does football have? What does oh, baseball no, 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 no. have? No, I don't. Baseball I has you. nachos. I'm a professional, man. Okay. Baseball has hot dogs. Football has nachos. So when does basketball get its official food? How about right now, Kentucky Fried Chicken, the new official food of basketball? Think about it. Basketball players make buckets all the time. KFC makes buckets all the time, and theirs are filled with fried chicken, like famous original recipe, or crispy popcorn chicken, or even juicy tenders. So that settles it. KFC, the official food of basketball. Order at KFC.ca and get it before tip-off. There you go. Wow. I'm going to clip that into every single <laughs> podcast from now on. <laughs> Um, so, so my KFC bucket of the game uh, yeah. was definitely the sequence where Howard showed up to his daughter's school to to watch their play, to watch her play, to perform, and she's there obviously with he's there obviously with his wife, um, played by Adina Menzel, 
And then somehow he sees um, the loan shark and the guys who are after him, who he owes money to. And he runs out, he gets abducted. Um, he gets all his clothes ripped off and, and gets stuffed in his own trunk and ends up having to call his wife to come out to the parking lot to get him. Mm. And then he just magically shows up in like a Fila tracksuit and, and watches <laughs> the rest of the play, which was, uh, you talk about chaotic. Like when I rewatched that movie a few weeks ago, I was like, yo, that's the most chaotic sequence of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did he stash clothes in the car just for this specific like purpose? Like, was he prepared for this? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you have this in your 10 things, but like, like we could talk about like the actual series that this movie is based on, which is the Sixers Celtics second round series. I believe it was from like what, 2011, 2012, 2012. Yeah. Yeah. And this was a series where the Sixers, I think were an eighth seed and mm. moved on in the first round only because Derrick Rose got hurt yep. in game one. And, and that yep. was like his, his year, like he was coming off the MVP award, I believe. So the Sixers weren't really like this was right before they like went into the process and started rebuilding, and uh, the Celtics obviously had won a championship, but that big three was um, kind of people thought was kind of like you know towards the end of their run, um, not the most like aesthetically pleasing series to to have uh, for a movie. No, no, and it was funny because you're watching parts of game seven along with it and like obviously as a big basketball fan i'm like i'm actually kind of interested in like what happens in the game it's not just like an ancillary part of the movie and i was watching it real close and i hit pause at the fourth quarter at like the really end there when they were really closing it out the celtics and i'm like yo is that mikhail petrus closing the game out instead of paul pierce first off i don't remember mikhail petrus being on the celtics whatsoever and second of all he was closing the game out in front of paul pierce i looked it up too paul pierce apparently fouled out in 34 minutes I'm on basketball reference right now, actually, looking at this. Like, it's a real game. But also, yeah. shout-out to the Sixers, because, like, yo, this team wasn't that bad, man. Like, look at this. We got prime Andre Godala, Drew Holiday, Elton Brand, Evan Turner, when he was still good. I can't believe he got picked second overall, whatever. Spencer Hawes, uh, Lou Williams, Thaddeus Young, and then, like, Lavoy Allen, NBA champion Jody Meeks, Nikola Vucevic is on this team. This team's not that much worse than the actual Sixers right now after they've tagged for, like, a million years to get to this, so. Yo, this was the team right before they traded for Andrew Bynum. Yeah, 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 that's right. And then Bynum was just shooting, like, uh, half-court threes all practice. Yeah. yeah. I think he did that on the Cavs, actually. Remember? He, he ended up oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. That's right, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah no, but uh, so for people that don't know, like, backstory on the movie, um, I, I think the Tati brothers had this in development for almost a decade. And at some point, Joel and B was attached to, to play the Kevin Garnett role, Kobe Bryant too, at some point. And every time they would have someone um, come into the role, they would rewrite the script. So I think the script got rewritten like thousands of times is what they said mm. uh, in, in an interview. But I feel like KG, you know, the basketball series itself was not good at all, but I, KG was perfect for this to, to play himself. Yeah. I mean, you're skipping ahead now to number eight. Okay, let's go number eight, yeah. Character colon. Yeah, KG was great, man. I think, honestly, like, you know, there are other players that could have played this part personally, but if you just consider KG the personality, like, that intensity, um, that kind of, like, uh, like manic drive that he had, like, it, it fits perfectly within the movie. I, I actually can't even think of another NBA player that would have been better for this. Maybe MJ, because MJ could have been both, like, playing the game and also Howard himself with the betting, but otherwise... <laughs> It's like fight. It's like Fight Club. He doesn't realize it's an alter ego. Yeah, he's just... that would be so wild. 
Yeah. He's just like insider betting the Hornets. No, there's um the other thing too is like because because KG's playing the 2012 version of himself, and yeah. he still looks the same. Oh yeah, definitely. No, but KG's looked like that like pretty much the whole his whole run, right? Like young KG looked like young KG, but like pretty much from his like mid twenties onward, he just kind of looked the same. Yeah, I don't think MB would have been good just because, like, he's good to get some tweets off, some jokes off, but I don't know in, like, a full acting role, though. And I feel like it'd be a little distracting, the fact that it was him. I don't know why, like, I I think that, but I feel like he would really distract from the movie just because he's yeah. Joel Embiid. Also, what's, what playoff series has Joel Embiid won? Um, yeah, good question. Half yeah. the movie is just him having diarrhea. Um, uh, <laughs> the black opal is just a bottle of pepto <laughs> come on, man. And and obviously, rest in peace, Kobe. Uh, I think Kobe as well would have been too much of a star presence. Yeah, like, it, it would have just taken away from it. Well, that's the thing with KG is that, like, even though he's real intense or whatever, like, unlike a lot of other characters in the movie, he doesn't really have an outsized like presence. Like he's just KG, you know what I mean? He like he, he really comes in and is a role player, and it's great. I like that. He kills every scene he's in, though. He does, yeah. But he's just KG, though. Like I, I feel like all these conversations would just be very genuine. Like he wasn't reading off a script. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah. All right, so we we skipped to eight. So let's go back um, in order. What's what's the next one? Yeah, yeah so uh, number four, masculine colon. It's just like, you know, I'm not even getting on a soapbox, but it's just like toxic masculinity, like throughout the whole movie. Like nobody listens. <laughs> like everyone's just fucking fighting, you know? Like it's just, it's just really like the perfect example of masculinity. Like if you really watch the movie back and then like really carefully, you're like the only people that actually calm and de-escalate any situation are the women. That's it. And there's like maybe like four or five examples of this. But like for the most part, it's just like, <laughs> it's just men wilding out. Like that's that's pretty much it, you know. So yeah, it's a very massive there, movie. Yeah, there was a great tweet that um, I, I I can't attribute to right now, but someone said that like betting uh, 155 thousand on the opening tip is toxic masculinity, and and I think that just summed it up. Like who is out here betting on the opening tip? Like do you have a ten thing there about the opening tip or the yeah, public? That's, that's number ten. That's number ten. I wish I went through and looked up the basketball reference research of. Uh, KG's jump ball win percentage, but yeah, bro, that's like that's actually the most insane part of the movie. Like, there's so many crazy parts, but like betting on the opening tip is dumb. Like, imagine Spencer Hawes. It was KG versus Spencer Hawes. Imagine yeah. Spencer Hawes wins the jump ball. Like, what 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 is that movie? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it's not even what is that movie. It's like you're you're in a life or death situation, and as we realized, it was death. Um, but like, you need to make like six figures back, all of this money back. Like, if you're going to put all that money on a parlay, like, why even risk putting it on an opening tip? Like, I, yeah. I, like it genuinely, like, doesn't make sense. Like, it's cool betting on the players' points over-unders or even wins or point spreads, but why the tip? Yo, that, that's, that, that's insane. It's purely 50-50. Like, it's, yeah. And, yeah, I don't know, man. That, that part I've never figured out, but, but that's a great point on, on the to- toxic masculinity. Um, what's next on your list? Uh, I was gonna say number five, effortless. I thought uh, Julia Fox was great. I can't believe this was a debut role for her. Like she just like fit in very perfectly in terms of as like a, you know, just like in terms of emotionally as, as one of as one of Howard's two partners. Like it's just, you know, it's just she's just great. You know what I mean? She's supportive. Uh, she gives them chances. 
you know, there's that like scene with like the weekend or whatever. And, you know, I, Howard overreacts, stuff like that. It's, it's fine. But like, I thought she was great. Like she's like fit into the role perfectly. Um, yeah. And she, I, I mean, and she gets really rich at the end, I guess. So good for her. Yeah. I, I guess the sequel, any sequel would actually um, be about her. Yeah. But um, the thing I was going to say, what did you think about her Howie tattoo? Yeah, that was unfortunate. <laughs> that was unfortunate. <laughs> what do, what like do you a, think she's going to cover that up with now? Like, uh, or does she just keep it? Does she just keep it as, as like a remembrance? To I think she's always been, she's been very loyal to him through this whole thing. I don't know really why. He doesn't really give her a good reason to be that loyal. I mean, he, I guess yeah. he ends up making her a, a million dollars. No, the, but so. that's what I was going to say, though. Like, the only thing she might have been attracted to to him is his money but like he spends this whole movie like not having any money yeah he really doesn't have any money and the, the moment he has money he's he's betting them like I, I don't actually think he holds any money for more than like five minutes yeah that's, that's how he tattoo that how he tattoo was like when kd got like the rick james tattoo after he left okay yeah that's right and it was massive too yeah or maybe KD's um, legs are just small i don't know yeah this would be, this would be a great movie for an asian remake man <laughs> <laughs> Just say it, man. You want to be in this movie, all right? Just say it. <laughs> no, but don't you think, though, like, if they just made this, like, Chinese characters, I mean, oh, yeah. um, just, you know, keep the toxic masculinity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, that's, like, the that's, gambling that's, addiction. That's, oh, yeah. All no, common that, that comes, traits. All common traits of Asians. Yeah. I was going to say, like, that comes with us. That's part of the fact. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, do you have anything about the weekend's cameo on this? Yeah. That was number nine. Uh, okay, week, number nine. Colon. Yeah. Bro, it's just completely just... Very forgettable. The whole thing's very forgettable. I don't know why. Like, I just thought it would be a little bit better with the role. Like, uh, I, the only thing I should really remember was, uh, like, Howie not knowing who um, The weekend was. And I guess this is 2012, so it kind of makes sense because he was, you know, coming up at the time. And Julie Fox shows him a picture. And all he says is, he looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think, obviously, they were trying to capture uh, that period of time. And he was that up-and-coming guy um, who would perform at clubs. Um, can you think of anyone else who could have replaced him? In 2012? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, man. In 2012, I was looking at Kings of Leon and Oasis a lot. So, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So not not the best person to ask. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I'll, you were going to say uh, Jesse Reyes. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, nowadays it would be Jesse Reyes. But, you know, back then maybe uh, of Monsters and Men. <clears throat> I don't even know what's going on. Um, I lived yeah, the whole but, life as a white person before this. Yeah, this was. Um, yeah, I guess the cam the cameo did leave something to be to be desired. There yeah, wasn't really. Just, yeah. Doesn't really do much, you know. I mean, yeah, he's also your, in it very briefly, though. So. He is. He is. Um, okay. What's your What's your next point? Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't know how else to describe this, but number six is just Jewish colon. It's a very yeah. Jewish movie, you know, like I've, uh, I don't think I've had that many Jewish friends who have let me into their lives. Like this movie lets you into their lives. So like you get to see some, like, just, I don't know. It's just, it was just kind of cool, you know, seeing the family, the community, like, um, you know, the, the, the practices, like they were at dinner and, and how he's, you know, saying, I don't, I don't even know what the terminology is, but then he's like touching the wine and stuff. It was just like, it's cool. And then like pretty much like everybody loving basketball that much. Yeah, it was just cool. It was very New York too, you know. Yeah, there's like I think that was the, like the Passover scene that they had. There's a lot of there's a lot of articles about this about the Jewish stereotypes 
that are being used. And obviously, like, you know, that's a that's a discussion that, you know, we we can't partake in. Um, but I think it, it would be kind of like, you know, like when Crazy Rich Asians came out and maybe we had our gripes about stuff or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Pro- probably similar. Um, you know, nobody understood the Mahjong scene and, and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we should do, can we do a Crazy Rich Asians uh, react pod next? Yeah, yeah, I got you, bro. I got you. Um, um, okay. By the way, Corona, I think Corona might have killed the Crazy Rich Asians too. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't think people want to be seeing Asians right now. <laughs> yo, yeah, we got to talk about that. Um, speaking of coronavirus, what a transition! Wow. Um, okay. so, so, so the Safdie brothers were actually asked on Twitter a few weeks ago what Howard would be doing if he was alive during this global pandemic, and the official response is, um, and I quote: "It says." Running around buying black market, way overpriced, disinfected wipes and toilet paper and boasting about his collection. He would spend the first 10 days, um, I guess, on quarantine in Long Island, being the family man that they forgot he could be. But then he'd run mad, hop in his car and catch COVID from a stranger trying to track down Julia. I mean, damn. It all checks out. Basically, really, what she didn't die. So I can see Uncut Gems too, man. Yeah, Uncut Gems too would be wild. Like a world where he cannot make any parlays yeah like like what would he do all right what's your next what's your next point uh i got indulgent and this is i was gonna like shoehorn two into this one but like a just all the nba references like you just see basketball throughout the whole movie and i just really loved it you know um like kg being asked like tony allen over ben wallace in a fight like first off i mean like i guess he's i guess he's tony allen and he's a teammate but like really over ben wallace yeah, and but then, that's uh, great. That's great scripting, though. Like, that's like a legit good like question to ask, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it was a very KG response. Like, you know, K- he says TA all day. Um, someone randomly just at the in the Passover scene says CP3 is overrated, and I'm like, yeah, I fuck with that. <laughs> and they were saying that Dolan wasn't gonna bring Lynn back. There, there was like yeah, a yeah. Lynn reference in there too. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, this was the year, right? This was the year. And yeah. What's that guy? One of the plans was like, yo, let go of Baron Davis and rebuild around Melo and Amari Stoudemire and Jeremy Lin. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably what they should have done. No, that was, that was a pretty fire take. Um, I don't know if you know, but the Safi brothers are like huge NBA guys. Um, you could probably tell from the movie. They like yeah, produce yeah. like the Lenny Cook documentary. Um, like they've, they're like, they're like obsessed with basketball. And like, it does show here. Like to me, like Uncut Gems is like, it's a sports movie. It's an NBA movie, yeah, yeah. man. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like, no, this, I don't... this is what the MJ doc's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that'd be insane, uh... man. It's just 10 hours of MJ gambling. Um, <laughs> no, but um, no, great. This is a great NBA movie. What's What's your next point? How many points you got left here? Uh, I, I don't really know, actually. I think we might have skipped ahead to most of them. But um, yeah, I was also saying indulgent in like the fashion. Like I oh, really, I really yeah. enjoyed um, Adam Sandler's personality coming through in his fashion. Because like, you know how he's like, he, he like he leaves his family and then he goes to uh, prepare for the weekend concert and he comes out because remember he gets like, uh, like shit, like he gets stuffed into the trunk and his clothes are taken away. He had to change and stuff. So he changes out of the sweatsuit and for this weekend concert, at, I think One Oak, um, he just comes out in this like triple XL salmon shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I don't it's know why exact, that was more funny yeah. to me, No, so um the one of the uh designers or, or the person who helped with costumes is, is named uh Mr. Mort. He's he's pretty famous. 
um, in New York as like a fashion and, and style guy. And he was like the, the whole pe- people involved in the movie, they, they studied like styles and like Jew- how Jewish people dress and also how people dress in like the diamond district. And, and he has all these photos um, of outfits that he gave Adam Sandler that never made it, made the cut. And one of them, he's wearing this like crazy Ed Hardy t-shirt with like a crazy graphic print on it and stuff. Like the, yeah, the fits, the fits are, the fits are pretty ridiculous in that. And, and KG is wearing like an, like a NBA jacket with all the logos yeah. on it, which I'm not sure if that's allowed when you're playing like in a playoff series. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, that part doesn't yeah. really make that much sense to me, to be honest. Um he was also because driving to New York from Philly every day. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I mean, the logistics of it was a little tough. I don't know, but... <laughs> yeah. Honestly, um, the biggest twist for me in the movie was when KG didn't go through with the auction. When yeah, when, when his agent told him, like, I definitely was not expecting that. Like, I think that was the biggest... Well, I mean, obviously the biggest twist is Howard dying at the end, but... Wow. I mean, you spoiled that in, like, five seconds of the podcast. No, I just want to make sure that, that people know <laughs> if you haven't watched it, please do not click on this. Uh, I don't think knowing that ruins the movie, but that was definitely like a jaw-dropping moment, though. Yeah, it does. Because it just happens so fast. Yeah, I mean, he comes right out with it, too. But, I mean, like, I mean he had it coming, though, you know? No, he like, didn't. When you look back on it... You think he was going to give Arnold the money and just be like, all right, this is done? I'm going to take the rest of this, like, I mean, he owed him, like, what, 100K? And he won, like, 1.3 million? So, do you think he, would, he wasn't just going to give him the money? He's probably just going to bet another. He's probably going to bet on KG game one against Celtics <laughs> versus the Heat in the East Finals, man. <laughs> but give me a KG winning the jump ball over Chris Bosh, yeah. over Joel Anthony. Yo, the jump ball thing is crazy, yo. Shout out to Joel Anthony, man. Can't get over that. Um, Can't get over that. Oh man! All right, so so should we move on to uh to the to the next segment? Yeah, yeah let's do it. So uh, should we start with uh, three stars? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Who, okay. Who's your number one so, star? Uh, my number one star. Um, man, this is really tough. Do you? Um, why don't you go first? Yeah. What? No, number one star yeah. is Howard, man. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. yeah. I, I, was, I was trying to find like a contrarian take, but. Um, what's what's even the argument? <laughs> no, no, Howard. Um, Adam Sandler like totally kills this role. Yeah, yeah. no, this uh, is like LeBron. Remember that graphic that came out from 2016 playoffs, the finals, when LeBron is like, you see LeBron's face five times, and it's LeBron's first in points, first in rebounds, first in assists. Right, right. This, this, yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or like when they used to tweet out the sequences of like, here's the last 19 Cavs possessions, like LeBron yeah, points, yeah, yeah. LeBron assists. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a tour de force performance from Adam Sandler. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, who, who, who would you have? Uh, what was the contrarian take on number one? Um, I was gonna put Julia Fox there. I mean, um, her PR is good. Like her, like her, like in a per thirty six scenario, it could it yeah. could rival. But she only but played like, like seventeen. She played like seventeen minutes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so my three would be Howard. KG and Julia Fox. Yeah, I kind of I kind of like that in order. I kind of like Lakeith Sanchez's character. I don't actually know what his name is. Oh, Delaney, Delaney. The Damani, Damani, I think. Damani, uh, yeah. I actually had him for the Patrick Patterson Award. Wow, what? Because <laughs> really? like in him? a lot of a lot, you know, but in a, like I love the way he played the character. Um, like, and I love Lakeith, but just from a story standpoint, 
he's like responsible for a lot of Howard's demise. <laughs> Bro, he no. No, because he left. Oh, come he, on, man. Okay, so he, so he, first of all, he threw, what did he throw into Howard's fish tank? Like, that was just unnecessary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was mean, unnecessary. That was unnecessary. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and like, he, he, just, he just had all these, like, knockoff watches that he was trying to sell. Uh-huh. Um, again, a very Asian movie. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. But he's the one who, like, kind of brokered this Black Opal deal with KG. Mm. And and then like remember like you know when he went when Howard went to the club to confront him like you know he couldn't help he drove they drove to practice in Philly and he yeah. left him there this man didn't get a media credential for Howard <laughs> <laughs> and then just just walked right by Sixers PR like, oh my god <laughs> no but Howard had to like what take a bus home or something or take a cab home yeah and. Yeah. And they just repeatedly couldn't get the Black Opal back. And, like, KG just kept wanting to keep it. And mm-hmm. Lakers could have been the guy who, like, stepped in. And maybe maybe Howard could have avoided his ultimate fate, is, is all I'm saying. So you're saying if Howard's LeBron, then Lakeith Stanfield is J.R. Smith? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a fair comparison. Wow. I'm just saying, man. I mean, look, first off, Howard's – I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I get it. I think, you know – to, 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 in all fairness to his character, I think he's just trying to get the deal because he gets what six percent. You know, yeah. like even KG said, right? Like he's like six percent straight to uh, for the for the commission. So I just think he was just acting in self interest, like pretty much everyone in the movie. So I mean, it just it just makes sense to me. I don't know. Also, Howard was screwing him over a lot though. Like he was really just yeah. gonna pull up at the club on him. Like no, Howard. Um, yeah, Howard's life was a mess, man. Um, <laughs> who who do you, who do you have for the Patrick Patterson Award? Yeah, Patrick Patterson Award. Okay, so I got many candidates. <clears throat> uh, number one, Doc Rivers. Briefly in the movie, I don't even think you see him. Well, you know, you see him on the oh. broadcast. Oh, he yeah, had the but, voiceover in the locker yeah, room. <laughs> he had the halftime speech when KG's not listening at all, just looking at the rock. Uh, but KG, like, what, what did Doc Rivers say? Doc Rivers had this ridiculous analogy. He basically like, told him to like rise and grind. He, he basically told them Ubuntu again, which is like in 2012. Yeah. I'm like, yo, it's already the fifth time they've already heard this. But um, what he said was, you know, if you want to go quickly, you know, you go alone. If you, if you want to go the the whole distance, then you got to stick together. All right, we got to be like roaches. They can't kill us all. And I'm like, yeah, honestly, calling the Celtics roaches is probably the most accurate thing I heard in this whole movie. Right, kind of got also, me hyped. Kind of got me hyped. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Also, Doc has a really ashy voice. That needs lotion, and like you just, you just, it just fits in perfectly with the rest of the characters <laughs> in the movie. A doctor sounds like a lifelong smoker. I don't understand. Like, yeah, y'all like, roaches. I was like, the life. This guy yeah. temporarily got possessed by a uh, <laughs> red hour back. Um, uh, so that's one. That's one candidate for you. Yeah. Uh, number two. Um, oh, I already said the, yeah. The weekend. I didn't like the weekend's cameo. I just saw it excessive. You know. Yeah, uh, so we got the weekend. You have, yeah. you have any more for this? For not also, yeah, uh, but yeah, part of why the weekend is in there is because uh, he didn't really try to fight Howard like that. Like he really had the numerical advantage and everything. Like Howard should have got fucked up a little bit more. But Howard yeah. pushed him and shit, and he just let that shit go. Like, come on, man. Yeah. So we yeah. thought he he should have stepped up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the the third uh, Patrick Patterson award is uh, Paul Pierce because Mikel Peters was closing that game. Game seven. <laughs> not even in the movie. Man. <laughs> nah, nah, exactly. That's the whole point, man. It's game seven. You're telling me it's a close game, game seven. Paul Pierce not playing. How, did Raptors, how did Raptors legend Mikel Peters 
I, I honestly, I also don't remember him being on that team at all. Yeah. I don't. Was this before or after he played on the Raptors? Well, I lost you. Yeah, I was going to say, this is, uh, this is right before he played on the Raptors. And he was trash on the Raptors, too. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's actually the biggest takeaway for me from this, from this chat. Um, <laughs> uh, that's kind of wild. Yeah. Uh, who do we have for the Gerald Henderson Award? I mean, oh man, a couple good candidates. I think the correct one is um, Wayne. You know the rich dude. Oh, Wayne Diamond. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, I think I think he's probably deserving of it because he does really bail out the whole situation for Julia Fox, and I guess temporarily for Howard. Because if he doesn't yeah. exist and if he's not just like excessively loaning and horny, like this whole thing doesn't even work out. You know. Yeah, he's a lonely, creepy, rich guy who Julia bumps into at yeah. the casino at the end. And he ends up helping her uh, get the money. Yeah, he's also just mad memorable, like, you know, in like a per minute production wise. Like, uh, yeah. his first lines are I'm mad lonely. I made $125 million this year. I don't have anyone to spend it on. You're hot. You want to have a drink, which is like, bro, like, yeah. what, what the hell is it? Sounds, it sounds like every 55 year old Asian at, at the casino. Yeah. Yo, actually, though. <laughs> yeah, he says you're hot, Julia Fox, three times. He offers her to like come up to the hotel room, and then what, as soon as he gets up there, like she sits down to watch the thing. He's like, "All right, I'm gonna take a shower." I'm like, "Yo, this guy." Man. Yeah, no, yeah. There's a great. He's a real person. I mean, obviously, but like that's oh, him. Yeah. Like, like so. There's a there's a GQ. There's a great GQ profile uh, of him uh, from a few months ago. That if anyone wants to learn more about Wayne Diamond, they should check out. My Gerald Henderson Award goes to the dude who shoots Howard at the end. Oh wow. Uh, this man was getting locked up, like he was getting played by Howie the whole movie. Yeah. And then he ends up hitting the game-winning three, as in killing Howie. Yeah, I mean that. No, that's facts. So that's that's actually a really good call. Yeah. So yeah. Um, no, I think both of those are good. Um, so we have some questions here before we wrap up. Okay. Um, so the first question is: um, apparently there was an alternate version of the film where KG's role was replaced by Joel Embiid. Uh, which we talked about a little bit. What do you think the ending of Uncut Gems looks like if the deciding game of the movie was from the Raptors Sixers series? Ooh. I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be around the shot, I think. Yeah, for sure. But but okay. So so the way I was going to frame this question is, what do you think his parlay would have been? So my my parlay that he would have had was, and I looked this up. Sixers win the tip. Uh-huh. Um, Serge Ibaka over twelve point five points. Yeah. And for dramatic effect, I mean, Serge has 17 in that game. For dramatic effect, let's just say he clinches that when Serge hits the three over Ben Simmons mm. in the fourth quarter. So in the movie, he's won the tip, he's won Serge, and then his third, the third thing on his parlay is just Raptors win, um, just Raptors wow. money line. So he, like, throws an absolute fit when Jimmy Butler, like, races the length <laughs> of the court to tie the game. Yo, that's just me, man. <laughs> <laughs> And then cinematically, like, every bounce of the shot, we, like, cut to Julia Fox, like, at the casino. Mm. Um, like, like some kind of, you know, uh, the Safi brothers probably do it better than me, obviously. And then it goes in, and he opens the door, and he gets killed. Yeah. That's pretty like, good. He, yeah, he gets killed, and then in the back, like, Marcus Soul is, like, hugging Joel Embiid. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good, man. Marcus Soul's yeah. praying when he does that little prayer at the end. Yeah, and, and and with the Joel Embiid crying and all that stuff, it'd be perfect, like just perfect footage. Yeah, that's actually true. That's that's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, the real the real um the real uh, parlay should have been uh, Joel Embiid uh, zero point five points under. 
<laughs> Yo, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so you're you're referring to the regular season game, right? Like this season. Um, nah, I just wanted to slide some NBA. No, no, no. But, but I think that would be a good, good movie too. Because imagine, like, because we talked about this on another podcast. Like, Embiid had a chance to make some free throws in the fourth, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he missed them. That would have been like a great dramatic like scene. Yeah, it would have. Cause, yeah, because yeah, he had to stay under 0. 0.5 points. Yo, the the odds on that would have been insane. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, uh, second question. In your experience, opinion, has anyone in history ever parlayed the opening tip with the game result and player stats, much less for a six-figure bet? Like we mentioned, man, it's just toxic masculinity. Yo, this is insane. That's uh, the craziest part of the movie. Like, not like how we're getting dragged off, like, a, no. dragged out of the window. Um, no. The opening like, tip, man. Yeah, the, the opening tip is nuts. Because, like, anything could happen. Like, even if you, even if KG touches the ball first, like, someone could, like, jump over. AI's got long arms. You know, and you don't know where the tip is like, going half the time, right? Like, exactly. just like the tip. Yeah. Yeah, so. Oh, man. I can't get over um, that. As a basketball fan, I can't get over that. That's, I really feel it for me. Yeah, basketball fan, your favorite role. Um, who, who are some Raptors players um, you guys think that could play the KG role? The first guy for me is definitely Serge Ibaka. Like we know he's got the acting chops. Yeah, no, but this actually would be a really funny movie if it was Serge, like for real, you know? Yeah, um, and I, yeah. I can, I can, I can see Serge buying into the Black Opal for sure. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. He yeah. he gets like Terrence Davis to like loan him like one hundred fifty five thousand dollars. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like what's going on? Jordy, Jordy wins best supporting actor. <laughs> yeah, Jordy's Julia Fox in this case. Oh no! No, it's uh, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, um, describe how a Toronto version of Uncut Gems would work out. So I have one version of this. Um, it would be me betting on the Matt Thomas game when he went off in the fourth quarter against the Pacers. Yeah, I mean, that's, and, that's fine. Yeah. And instead of Mike Francesa, uh, Bob McCown would be my bookie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why? Just because it's local? Yeah, because it's sports. Why couldn't it be like, Sid Sixero? You know, you just like walk over. <laughs> no, Sid, Sid, Sid Sixero. Tim to Sid, get out of the room? <laughs> no, Sid's the guy who shoots me. Um, uh, and so I'm at the game smoking uh, two packs of American uh, spirits yep, yep. through the first three quarters because uh, Matt Thomas is at, like, zero points. Mm-hmm. And then he checks in and just goes off, and uh, that's it. I, I go to Casino Rama and collect my winnings. Yeah, you're screaming at O'Shea Brissett to pass the ball, swing the ball to the corner. Yeah, I'm, like, losing all my parlays because I think Malcolm Miller is a really nice guy, and I keep betting on him over 0.5 three-pointers. <laughs> oh, man. No, it definitely would be like us. It it would be us betting on like Jeremy Lin minutes or something all throughout last year's playoffs. Bro, I I really think, yeah, I really think that would have happened. Um, Rank the best basketball player acting performances. I think they just meant like across all movies. Like surely KG is number one. KG is definitely up there. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone was good in Space Jam. I I contend that LeBron was really good in Trainwreck. Yeah, you you don't you, you know, don't dock, share that same opinion. I I dock him points because he's like whatever. Like everyone in like Hollywood like you know, touches up their appearance or whatever, and it's like you know whatever it's entertainment. But like the way LeBron colored in his hair, like just like 
it was unrealistic. It, it ruined the movie for me when I saw, you know, that scene where he busts in into like, I think they're in like a doctor's office or something. And he's at the door and he's like talking or whatever to um, Bill Hader. Like LeBron's hairline is so crisp. Like he had, he basically was like, yo, give me like the CGI version of Jalen Rose. He's like, color, me. color me like you did Carlos Luzer. Yo, uh, actually, <laughs> I enjoyed it because as you know, like, I feel like that was the beginning of the evolution of like uh, LeBron, like dad LeBron, mm. uh, yeah, yeah. just, just his transition in, into dad LeBron. So um, I can't think of anything unless like Bob Cousy was like in a James Bond movie in the sixties. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. uh, what about, uh, what about Michael Finley and like Mike? <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched Like Mike, so we might need to like add Mike that to the to the React Pod list. Yeah, yeah Like um, Mike is good. Yeah. So the last question is, which old series would hold up best for an Uncut Gems type of scenario? Which old series? So I had the Cavs Warriors, the one where the Cavs come back from 3-1 yeah, in yeah, the yeah. finals. That last year would be great, yeah. That would be great. Just, just like, how he just continually betting on on the Cavs and it finally pays off. Uh, 2013. You know, with Ray Allen hitting that three, I feel like they could have done something around that. Oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the that's the only part about this movie is, I get why they have to use that series, but man, I feel like if they had a better series, it would have elevated it. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't I didn't remember anybody else on the Sixers, and then I had to really look it up and be like, yes, yeah, seems good. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, I think that uh that does it for yeah. uh for this uh this React Pod. Um, what what do you usually say at the end? Like, I'll, I'll be back. Uh, be back. <laughs> we'll be back next Friday to uh to recap uh, uh Crazy Rich Asians. So. Um, yeah, uh, thanks Thanks for listening, and uh, shout-out to KFC. Yep, shout-out. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's it. Th- th- thank, thank you, Will. Uh, yeah, you're welcome, man. I know, I, know you've, I know you're a huge fan of Stephen LeBron Radio. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> even, though it's, it's, even though it's been rebranded with NPR Music. <laughs> no, it's fine. I don't understand why you chose it. I feel like you should have consulted me, but it's fine. <laughs> I don't even remember if the old one had intro music. It just had the Stephen LeBron Radio <laughs> I can definitely like, bring that back. I used to clip in like hip hop music and stuff, but it's just okay. That's a lot of work, you know. I I feel like okay. you know just just, <laughs> just me, me telling the guy who like stayed Yo. up just to watch the movie to prep. <laughs> yeah, legit. I had like real like bad dreams just because I was so stressed out because I watched the movie and went to sleep and I was like, "Yo, getting chased oh, around man. like Howard." Oh man, yo! I have to ask you though, as the ambassador of uh, SVP Outlets, um, mm, yeah. what is your what What do you think your first fit back is gonna look like when when oh, the yeah. pandemic is over? Have you thought about this? Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately, I, I won't be able to wear the uh, the pink fanny pack. I've been using it as like if I ever go out the house like once a week to get groceries. I've been using it as like a real convenient way to like store like uh, tissues and uh, hand sanitizer and shit. So I might have to retire that. So I got to get a new one, obviously. Yeah, new fanny packs. Yeah, not sure what color yet, but you know something will strike me. Probably like a, a gold or something. Um, you know, I actually got a I got a lot of new Adidas, so probably some Adidas. But you know, you gotta you gotta you, gotta, you always got a pair of Adidas with Puma. And whatever <laughs> who, else is on. Who has, who has ever said that? What are you talking? About? <laughs> and whatever else is on sale at SVP, man. I don't know. I'm gonna have to complete random bag every time you go in. 
what's it gonna feel like that first time you walk into SVP, man? Oh man, that's actually the first place I'm gonna go into. Like my hair is gonna be well, like, down on my. It'll shoulders. be it'll be great because everything will be a hundred and twenty percent off by then. <laughs> Yo, for real, <laughs> just free, uh, man. No, they're gonna they're gonna give you money to wear it. So you're gonna have what what new Adidas piece do you think you you're gonna go with first first fit out? Uh, you know, probably the most expensive thing I, I bought, which was like an eighty dollars sweater, that is yeah. reversible. So it's really like two sweaters, forty dollars. <laughs> you love your reversible, man. <laughs> it's yo, listen. Sometimes you know you want to be warm. Sometimes you want to be like, yeah, it's, it's pink on one side. It's like a like an olive green on the other side, you know. Yeah, he's describing a, a very a, a specific Adidas piece that he. Has. If you watched um, any of the reaction podcast videos, you've seen both of them many times. Yeah. Um, no, I I, uh, I respect it because you you look at life as uh, based on PR. Everything is based on based on efficiency. Yeah, exactly. And and I respect it. Uh, everyone should follow First Fit Back on Instagram. We're we're trying to we're trying to catalog everyone's First Fit Back. Um, when this is all over, uh, Will, uh, I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, let's 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 do this next week. Crazy Rich Asians, can, can you take that assignment on? Yeah, yeah, whatever day you want, man. Oh, yeah, every I'm Friday, every every Thursday we record, and every Friday we release a react box. Yeah, I'm down. We'll do it. Uh, okay, next Thursday. All right, man. Uh, I'll I'll talk to you probably in like uh two minutes. Okay. All right. All right. I look see you, man. To it. Peace.